I grew up in a church that had services Sunday morning, Sunday evening, and Wednesday evening. Oh, and my yeah. mom made sure that me and my sisters were there. But one of my favorite parts of church was testimony time on Sunday nights. Hi, I'm Dan Wheeler. This is Finished Strong, and I'm joined by Terry Steen and Brian Rowland. Guys, do you remember testimony time? No question. Mm -hmm. Yep, everybody got the opportunity. In fact, even probably 20 to 30 years ago, I led testimonies at, at a church I was associate pastor in and tried to keep that active on a Wednesday night because it's good, isn't it? We get encouragement from it. Absolutely. Yeah, my little grandfather, my Italian grandfather, was sitting in the second row, and they'd say testimony time. He was only 4'11", and you see his little oh. hand go up, and he'd say, Charlie, and he'd get up, and he'd go, I love him, my Jesus. I mean, he would start yelling because he wanted people to hear him, and he, he thought with his broken English, they couldn't understand him, and it was just so precious to watch him give his testimony every week. <laughs> we had one guy in my church, every week he'd get up, and he'd apologize because the old devil had been after him, and he got to drinking again, and... <laughs> I just, it seemed like we heard the same thing every week. And it's like, when are you going to change? When are you going to be sanctified? Yeah. But, you know, yeah. testimony time is a biblical thing. Psalm 107.2 says, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. And I love to hear a good story, you know, and, and stories are powerful. Mm -hmm. um, boy, and, you know, preachers that can tell a good, good story, but we all have our story, right? Right. Yeah, yeah. I was. Uh, it was interesting. I ran across a verse. I knew we were going to be talking about this. And in First John five eleven and twelve, it says, "This is the true testimony that God's given us eternal life, and this life has its source in His Son. Whoever has the Son has eternal life. Whoever doesn't have the Son." Does, doesn't possess eternal life. Mm. And that's what it comes down to, isn't it? Yep. Yeah. That's very true. But the question is, what is a testimony? Okay, I'll answer. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> testimony is a statement that is something that is true. And when mm -hmm. you look at that, it's a, I think, I think you, you mentioned that people may dispute your theology, but they can never dispute your testimony. And it's the truth mm -hmm. because it is something that is true to you. Um, I look at it because I, I always look at testimony and witness. You know, am, am mm -hmm. I a witness or am I testifying? What am I doing? And I find that as a testimony, you're, you're, you're telling the story of how you became a Christian. You're letting people know how, um, how Christ entered your life and what he did and change your life. And as a witness, um, when you're a witness, you are really uh, demonstrating your faith and your actions and your attitude and, and uh, what God is, how he's living in your life now. But testimony is, is sharing what is true and what has happened to you. And that's it's just salvation. But everything that's going on every day in your life could be a testimony. I just want to let everybody know before we jump to, into biblical examples, Terry, uh, that we're all going to give our personal testimony tonight. So if you've never heard our stories, you're going to. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody's got one, don't they? And as you go through Scripture, there's tons of stories. But just to highlight a couple that I think are really good is one's in Mark, the fifth chapter. And Jesus had taken a man and cast out the demons out of this man. And the man was so impressed that he wanted to go with Jesus. He wanted to be where he was. And Jesus realized this man now has a story to tell because of what God's done to him. Mm. And it says in the... Um, 
let's see, the 18th, 19th verse, the 19th verse, it says, Jesus told him, no, you can't come with me. Go back to your home and to your family and tell them what the Lord's done for you. Tell them how he had mercy on you. Amen. He insisted they go and tell the story. Mm-hmm. And then there's that other story in John, the ninth chapter, where he healed a blind man. And they were really upset about that. And they were drilling him on wanting to know who did it and why they did it. It was seemed to be uh, against them, their, their religion. It was blasphemous. And finally, the the blind man that was healed said, I have no idea what kind of man this is. All I know is that I was blind and now I can see for the first time in his life. And he didn't try to argue with them. He (laughs) didn't try to, like today we could be political or we can argue religion. All he did was say what happened and leave it at that. And that's all we have to do, isn't it? Undeniable. It it is. Mm -hmm. You know, Brian, that sounds familiar. Was blind, but now I see. Where have I heard that? I think there's a song. That could be a song. (laughs) It really could. Well, you know, in Revelation 12, uh, verse 10 and 11, we learn about how powerful our testimony is. Because um, John writes, Then I heard a loud voice in heaven say, Now have come the salvation and the power and the kingdom of our God and the authority of his Christ. For the accuser of our brothers who accuses them before God day and night has been hurled down. And here's the key. They overcame him mm-hmm. by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. testimony. They did not love their lives so much as to shrink from death. The power mm-hmm. of their testimony. So we need yeah. to not be afraid to give our testimony. There's a story um, about Dr. David Cho, who built the largest church in the world in South Korea, had over a million members. Mm. And he was actually a Buddhist, but he came to Christ through a woman's testimony. And he only met her once, and he always wanted to find her to thank her, but he never could thank her. But that's an example where she won't realize the power of her testimony until she gets to heaven. That's something I think about frequently when we get up there. Mm-hmm. All the stories that we don't know anything about that we may have had a part in affecting people's lives. Mm. That's a neat yeah. thing. And, you know, we, we get responses from people or get notes from people. And you're thinking, what am I, who am I reaching? Anybody. And it's like, wow, and the floodgates open is that this was for me. And so you never know. And that's going to be amazing that time. You're right, Terry. That's yeah. what encourages us so much when you write us. And if you haven't joined us on our Facebook page, that's where a lot of things happen. FFM 60. Every day we do our morning cups of inspiration. And every day we hear that from people. That was just for me. How did you know? Well, guys, it's testimony time here on Finish Strong. <laughs> Who wants to start off? Share their story. Man, I'd be happy to. All right. You know, we always think about how many people knew where they were on 9-11 and the the big days in their life. They knew where they were. And I know exactly where I was when I accepted the Lord for the first time. And I was in fourth grade. I was nine years old, living in... Cedar Rapids, Iowa, 
and went to a little church, probably had 40 to 50 people in it on Oakland Road. It was First Assembly of God Church. And there was uh, an evangelist that had come in for the week. And that I still remember the little brown vinyl squared floor, the hmm. wooden pews. And at the hmm. end of that service, I went down and gave my heart to the Lord. I remember going back to the house that night. I just pondered it in the car as we were driving home as to what I had actually done. <laughs> and uh, it's still emotional even today after almost 60 years because of how it changed the direction of my life, even as a little kid. But I walked up the stairs and shared with my dad that I had done that. Mm -hmm. And that was confessing it to somebody else to publicly make it known that that's something that I had done and I'll never forget it. Mm. What What did your dad say to you? He said, he said, that feels good, doesn't it? (laughs) <laughs> and that was about it. I said, yes, it does. And mm-hmm. then we went our ways to go to bed that night. Yeah. Now, weren't you, were you headed towards a life of drugs and illicit <laughs> relationships? Yes, because I've been <laughs> saved, I got saved at such an early age. I do tell people, if I, to have a testimony, I said, he's delivered me from drugs <laughs> prostitution. No, I don't say that. <laughs> but all these evil things, because he saved me early, he didn't allow me to get into all that stuff. So oh, he yeah. did save me from them. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, that's the best testimony that you've walked with the Lord all these years. Mm. Did you ever go through times? And I mean, I knew you in college and you were solid all all four years there. But did you go through times where you ever doubted that you were really saved or you wondered if this was the right direction to go with your life? You know, I never did. And and we can talk about it more later in the in the podcast as a, some individual things that kind of pop up that reinforce that that testimony and that life. But that was something. You know, I was involved with church. I stayed true during high school. I went to a Christian college and and God has put a calling on my life uh, to work for the kingdom. And he he's been able to weave that into everything I've done throughout my entire career. And um, there's just it's a phenomenal life that God's given me. And I've shared with you guys that uh, I had a friend that asked me if I would, if I knew everything I knew today, would I live my life over again the exact same way? And I said, of course I would. And Hmm. he said, you know, I've asked hundreds of people that. No one has ever said they would want to live their life over again. Really? And, And so I was the only person to say that to. And it's only because of God. It's only because God saved me at that young age and he's kept me and he's protected me and he's allowed his Holy Spirit to just keep that peace and joy and comfort. Everything that he promises, he truly does. And I'm a witness to that. And, you know, he has blessed you, Terry. I mean, I look of all of our buddies that we all played sports and everything. 
you are probably in the best shape and you haven't had knee injuries or problems. I've been struggling with knee injuries with back. And it seems like, you know, your health is just um, really remains strong. Yeah. A lot of things we take for granted. But if we stop and think about it, you're right. God blesses okay. in many ways, doesn't he? Mm-hmm. Yes. Sure does. Yeah. He sure does. Mr. Roland, would you like to share your story? Sure. Um, I was a young age, too. I was only five at the time. And oh, you had were, to beat me, didn't you? I saw. It. A, of course, I'm five years older than you, so still before. <laughs> no, but I, I was. Um, I grew up in a church too. That we went to church every Monday, Sunday, Wednesday, um, twice on Sunday and Wednesday. Choir on Thursday. Young people's group on Saturday. All that. Oh man! But, uh, <laughs> but as a young kid, though, I was in the basement. My mom was was she had an old ringer washing machine. That's how old this was. Oh my goodness! And and I was standing there next to the to the the, the, the tubs, the water tubs, the c- cement sinks they had back then. And I remember leaning up against it, and I asked her. I just says, "Mom, what does this mean that they talk about being saved?" And I'd asked her about that then because I heard it in church over and over and over again, but didn't know what it was. And so she told me, she, she explained it all, just broke it down. And she says, you've heard this in Sunday school. And this is, and this is why you've heard, and this is how you've heard it. And, and when she, when she finished, she says, would you like to have Christ in your life? And I said, yes, I just want, I, I definitely, she goes, you're sure this is a strong commitment you're going to make as you know, a young kid and make sure you want this. And I said, yes, I want this. And so we prayed together. And when we finished, she said, I never forget it. She says to me, she goes, she just looked at me and she says, well, what do you think? And I said to her, I feel so clean. Hmm. And I'll never forget, she always told people that. That was the first thing you said, I feel so clean. And um, yeah, that, that was when I was uh, received Christ. I was five years old in the basement in Abbey Avenue in Cleveland or Euclid, Ohio. Just across Love the street it. from Cleveland. Yeah. And, um, and again, like, like you, Terry, I had to go upstairs and tell my dad. <laughs> mm-hmm. He was always so proud. Mm-hmm. Now, I know that you've been through, like we all have, you've been through a lot of difficult things in your life. And um, I know that God was always there for you in those difficult times. Tell us a little bit about that. Um, uh, which times are you talking about? There's so many. <laughs> Judy, I was thinking. <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah no, I, 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 um, had a, yes, I, I had a failed marriage. And uh, it was a difficult time in my life. And I, I questioned a lot at that time. But I didn't really question God um, not being in my life. But I questioned why I was walking through this and going through this at the time. Mm-hmm. And then you realize that it wasn't God that made the decisions. It was me. Um, and that, um, you know, I, I, I chose to be in that position. And But I, I know I that you were the one that stayed faithful and you worked. Mm-hmm. You're so hard to make that work. I Tried, was right. with you through a yep. lot of that. And, um, and, but God brought me through it, and he, he blessed me even better now. I am where I'm at, and my and Deb, of course, is my beautiful wife. She's uh, everything that I could have ever asked God for, she, and, and more. I mean, she's, she takes care of me. <laughs> mm-hmm. And um, no, that, that's, that was one difficult time. But we went through several in, our, in, our, in my family and that with, with health issues and that. Uh, that went on and saw miracle after miracle take place. Um, and I said, we'll probably get into more of these later. But uh, mm-hmm. God has never, I, I walked away from him and came back, but he never walked away from me. Hmm. Well, my story is I was nine years old and I'd been raised in the church and my mom had 
me pray with her almost every day. We would have uh, our devotions together when my sisters, my older sisters were off to school before I went to kindergarten even. I remember praying and she always taught me to kneel. And then I was at uh, summer camp. It was uh, an Assemblies of God camp in Bridgman, Michigan, about 15 miles down the road here. And uh, I'd been praying after the service, they asked us if we wanted to come forward and accept the Lord. And I went forward and not only accepted the Lord, I just stayed there for, I don't know how long, but I'll bet it was at least an hour wow. after that hour and a half, just praising the Lord and and thanking him. And I remember just crying. And, and again, like you guys have both said, feeling so clean mm-hmm. that he had washed away my sins And I remember walking back to my cabin that night, and it was kind of out in the woods, and I looked up, and the stars were never brighter, and they seemed so close that I could touch them. And I just looked up and said, Lord, I know you're there, and I've given my life to you now, and I just want to serve you, and uh, I want to be used by you. I remember telling him that, and that uh, began my faith journey. Now, I haven't always followed the Lord or lived for him as I should, and... uh, Many years ago, I guess about 13 now, I went through a terrible time and I ended up in a, uh, a mental hospital. I hadn't slept for weeks and uh, just was having trouble f- finding God, but I knew he was there. And I would read my Bible all the time. And I was just reading in Isaiah 40 and 41 a lot. And, uh, you know, Isaiah 41, 10 says, Fear thou not, for I am with thee, be not dismayed. For I am thy God, I will strengthen thee, I will help thee, I will uphold thee, the right hand of my righteousness. And that was the verse that pulled me out of everything. One day the sun broke through and I told the people that ran the place, you're checking me out. My wife's coming to get me uh, this Friday. And she did. And from there, I I feel like I've been, he made me stronger than ever. He's uh, given me a heart that's just focused on him and like we say all the time in this podcast, I want to finish strong. But, you know, um, some people say, I don't know if I could share my testimony, but it's really just telling your story. But um, do you guys have some vi- advice as to how someone should share their testimony, things they might think about if they've never done it before? I think part of it comes with uh sharing specific experiences that the other person can relate to. I mean, even back in what I talk about, I got saved in fourth grade and you would think as a little kid, that shouldn't be a big deal. But I was a hellion in fourth grade. As I remember back, we talked a kid into putting his tongue on the sill of a window in the winter, you know, to, <laughs> and it stuck and it stuck. <laughs> and then I remember painting on the school walls in art class and all this. And I, I remember swearing and in fifth grade, when, <laughs> when I got saved to my knowledge, I've never intentionally swore since, but in fifth grade, I gave a, my teacher a track. That's how much, my mindset wow. had turned around. Wow. And I know over the years, there's people that you come in contact with that are going through a tough time. Maybe it's financial. And you have a story how right. God has blessed you financially. I was sharing with you guys uh, how 
I've been laid off one time and I was out of work four months, the only four months I've never worked in my whole life. And I, when I got my job and started working at the end of that four months, I went back and looked at how much money I had in my account the day I got laid off and how much I had the day I started. And somehow I had more money in my account. <laughs> And that's oh only goodness. God. That's yes. that's a story right. that you can share with somebody mm -hmm. who is in financial straits or is out of work or is wondering where their next job is. And that can be just the tipping point to get them curious to ask more questions. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, and this is what you're saying, especially with the finance. That's what came across to my mind, too. And, and I was thinking about how when Deb and I sold our home in Atlanta, and we had both lost our jobs. And I, I got another job in California. We wanted to go back to California because that's where she's from originally. And I lived out there previously. And I, I got a job offer out there. And the way it has had to happen, um, they had to sell our place. We had to get a place in California. Um, we had a friend out there that was a realtor that was looking around for us. And he was he he was calling me, telling me, I know I told him, I said, you know what Deb likes. And of course, he was telling me these different homes. And I was going, that's not in our first, where I want to be at. And he goes, no, but this one you're going to like. This is perfect for and bought it sight unseen on his word because we figured we can go for the inspection. And then we wouldn't you know, if we didn't like it, fine. But at the same time, our house sold immediately in Atlanta. And so we were able to pack up, go to California, move right into the next house all the way across country and never skip a beat. And I start work as soon as we get there. It was just yeah. amazing how that just took place. But it was boom, boom, boom. And I, I was telling all this stuff was happening in, in, in such a manner. And I was telling my sister, and she goes, write it down, write it down, write it down, because you won't remember it all. And I can't remember the whole sequence anymore. But it was it, it had to happen. It had to fire like in all eight cylinders as it was going for it to happen like that. And it was perfect. Yeah. Well, you guys both, when you were uh, telling your stories, you were very specific, you were honest, and that's what people have to remember. That's how you share your story because, yeah, I think um, you said it, Brian, in the beginning, uh, people you know, may not agree with all your the theology. They may argue with you over creationism versus evolutionism. One thing no one can argue with is your story. Right. Because you know what happened. You lived it. Right. Right. And you can tell it with confidence because nobody can denounce it. Right. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. It's, and it goes through with healings, too. I mean, as you all know, we said it before. I saw my sister, the Lord heal my sister of multiple sclerosis. Yeah. Saw it. I saw it. It's, not, it's undeniable. <laughs> and I yeah. saw it. And I could tell people that. And I said, she's, mm -hmm. this happened back in 1973 or something like that. And you know, here we are. She's still with us and she's, you know, <laughs> she wasn't supposed mm. to be, but check that out. You know, yeah, that's mm. only God. Yeah. And, you know, I've, I read a quote today. In fact, I did a morning cup of inspiration that will be airing here in the next few days. Um, the quote was, it's never too late to become the person that you would be. And I thought about that, the person you would be, who would you be? But it's never too late. Mm -hmm. So if you're saying right now, oh, boy, I don't have a testimony. I've never accepted the Lord. It's probably too late. Um, you're talking to three guys here who are in our late 60s, early 70s. 
And we went into ministry, I guess, full-time ministry kind of late in life. Uh, and in, I know we've all been in various other ministries, but Fearless Faith came about when we just said, okay, we want to go hard. And now's the time. You know, don't wait till tomorrow. Do right. it today. Give right. your life to Jesus. Mm-hmm. And you can have an amazing story that can impact the world. People are are searching for it. You know, it was interesting today, Pam and I were walking along the bluff and I see these two women out on the bluff all the time. And they're um, Jehovah's Witnesses. And they're always standing there with their sign. And it said, um, you know, what is the kingdom of God? So I just walked up to them. I said, what is the kingdom of God? And they seemed like stunned. I go, it's right on your sign. What is it? Anyway, <laughs> we, we, we got into a discussion <clears throat> And I, I know that they don't believe that Jesus is truly God. He's not equal with God the Father. And I recited a lot of uh, verses, um, and I went to John 1. In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God. The Word was God. And then, you know, the same was in the beginning with God. But it says he was God. And later on it says, and the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. And I asked him who that was. And I found out they've changed that in their Bible hmm. um, to say that Jesus was a God. He wasn't equal to God. Oh, wow. And at the end, I said, can I pray for you? And and it was a very nice. And they said, um, the one woman said, no, I, I don't. I'm not comfortable. <laughs> with that. And I said, OK, well, I'll just let you know, I will be praying for you. To really that most people Jesus. walk away from a Jehovah Witness. You went and <laughs> forward <laughs> into it. I just felt the Lord was telling me to do that. And um, it, But at the end, she also said, hey, before you go, I just want to say, I really appreciate the way you talked to us because you, it wasn't, it was done in a loving manner and you were very kind. I and like I said, it. well, Jesus has called us to do that. Um, yes. Mm-hmm. So that was a story right there. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No question. It's a perfect example. Yeah. But well, I one, you, go ahead. I was just going to say one final thought that I would have as we bring this to a close, as we talk about how we can be a witness to others, but we can and we can build even other Christians faith with our story. But additionally, we can build our own faith as we tell our own story. But another bigger thing is, like you said in Revelations 12, 10, and 11, they overcame the accuser. The devil comes at us all the time. Mm -hmm. But the word of our, yes, it's the blood of Christ, but the word of our testimony is a weapon Mm -hmm. against the enemy. Mm -hmm. And we can never lose sight of that. Because there's power in those words enough to deter the devil from having a stronghold in our life. Hmm. Boy, that's true. In fact, I think we should call this podcast your most powerful weapon. It's the most it powerful thing we have in our uh, in our uh, weaponry, our arsenal. Thank you. Brian. Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but just like the blind man, this I know. I once was blind. But now I see now I that see. is a powerful, concise, specific testimony. Mm-hmm. Amen. Amen. Yeah. So uh, I, what a great time, guys. Boy, that time flew by. It's always fast. <laughs> we all have a testimony. We all have a story. Feel free to share yours. And we'll hope that to see you, to hear you, to have you with us for our next edition of Finish Strong. God bless everyone. 
Thank you for listening to Finish Strong. For more information about Finish Strong and Fearless Faith, check out their website, ffaith.org. Make sure that you rate and review this podcast to help more people accomplish their God-given purpose so that together we can finish strong.